Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. Putting STEM into the classroom. Hi there, and welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Woods, and as always, we look for ways to add some STEM to your everyday classroom. With us is Marion Leary. Hello, you're listening to Steamrollers, a new segment of the STEM Everyday Podcast, where we will feature women who are paving the way in science, technology, engineering, art, and math, discussing their work in a way that makes it accessible to the everyday listener. I'm your host, Marion Leary. Today I'm talking with Setsu Sigmatsu, Associate Professor in the Media and Cultural Studies Department at the University of California, Riverside, and creator of the children's book series, Guardian Princesses, which aims to transform the cultural meaning of princesses and princes into positive role models who take action to protect living beings and the planet for future generations. She is joined by Pavita Singh, Director of Public Relations and Outreach. I would like to welcome you both. I'm really excited to talk to you about the series. I absolutely love the idea of superhero princesses. Thanks for having us. Yeah, delighted to be here. First up, Professor, can you describe your background and what led you to create the Princesses series? Well, I'm a scholar of feminism, media, and social movements, and a mother. And I have a young daughter who is mixed race, Japanese, Filipino. And when she was four years old, she started being exposed to and seduced by the mass-marketed princess culture. And it was significant, too, um, for me that she told me when she was about four that even though we were very conscious about raising her in a kind of um, anti-racist environment, she said that she, at age four, only liked the white princesses. So for me, that was really alarming. Um, and having myself grown up with only white Barbies, um, I've become quite convinced about the negative effects of uh, Barbie and, you know, having only or predominantly like white role models, especially for young girls of color. Rather than trying to ban these princesses from her life, for her fifth birthday, I wrote the first Guardian Princess story about Princess Tara. And Princess Tara uh, leads her people in non-violent resistance against a greedy king who's trying to invade her land in search for black gold. And so we presented this story at her birthday party, and I was really taken aback by all the parents there who were really persuasive about having me publish it. And so in trying to create a better role model for my daughter and her friends, um, this basically was the start of the Guardian Princess series. Wow, I love that. Talk about great parenting on many different levels, you went out, you saw a problem, and you created it not only for your daughter, but for all the girls out there so they would have a diverse conception of what princesses really mean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so for our listeners out there, can you describe the different types of princesses who are in your series? Sure. Well, we came out with basically the first seven princesses. There's Princess Tara, who is, um, you know, Euro, you know, of European heritage. That we have Princess Mariana, who's Latina. Uh, Princess Zinia, who's of, Af- you know, inspired uh, of African descent. Then we have um, Princess Saya, who is South Asian, and Princess Kenpen, who is mixed heritage East Asian. And then our seventh princess, uh, right now she's conceptualized as Native American. So we, so they're, you know, representing seven different types of, um, you know, cultural uh, heritage. And, so why did you want to get involved with the Guardian Princess series? 
Um, so me, my background is actually in public health. And what I love about public health is that it encompasses so many different areas of our lives. Um, my interests are very wide ranging and they include mental health, youth development, education, and uh, importantly, the empowerment of girls and women. So in 2014 for Halloween, my friends and I were having a princess night and my friend Chrissy uh, had the Guardian Princesses inaugural trilogy and she told us about the stories and showed us the books. And so I immediately thought that, you know, this is exactly the sort of project that I want to be involved with. So the very next day I reached out to Setsu um, and I love GP. I see it as a magical space where, you know, I can at once be somebody who loves pink and sparkles and romantic stories, but I can also be an empowered and inspiring force for social change. Yeah, and I love that the concept of mixing not only the princesses, but social change. Um, so, and in that respect, can you, one of you, talk to how big a part um, STEM is in the plot line and also, you know, how that incorporates social change? Absolutely. So I think that the STEM fields are huge throughout our plot lines that the Guardian Princesses are committed to protecting the people and the planet. So we integrate lessons about the environment into our stories so that young readers can understand the role that they play in creating and maintaining a healthy planet. So we really want to encourage our readers to think about the kind of world that they want to live in and realize that they don't have to just accept things as they are, that you actually can do a lot to improve the world. And having a strong STEM background can be an important stepping stone to being able to do that. And that's so great. And for the teachers and students out there who are listening to this, um, you know, these would be great tools to use when you're teaching your students or you're learning about the different um, STEM fields and the plot lines in these stories that go along with that. It's just a different way of teaching and taking in that information. So I definitely encourage you to check out these um, this series and try and incorporate it into your curriculum. So um, can you describe for um, our listeners maybe some of your favorite princesses and some of the storylines that go along with those and why they um, are so meaningful to you? Well, it's hard for me to say which one is my favorite since I think that they're all um, in, you know, they're all wonderful for different reasons, and each princess has a different role in guarding an aspect of the environment. Um, like, as I mentioned, for example, Mariana, she's the guardian of the seas, and so she fights um, marine pollution. And then Princess Vinia is the guardian of plant life, so she teaches us about, you know, the importance of healthy eating and natural foods. And so they all have uh, distinct um, roles and powers, but then they model cooperation. And I think that that's just really important to show that, you know, if you're out there trying to, let's say, change the world and make it a better place, it's important to, you know, build that collective across cultural and racial groups and along with, you know, raising environmental consciousness. Um, so both of those aspects of diversity and environmental consciousness are our recurrent themes throughout all the stories. Now, these stories in this series is so layered and you're reaching out to so many different people and topics. It's really quite impressive. Yeah, and then for me, um, of the court of the current princesses, I think 
so far my favorite is Ken Ken. I think you know, her story is very complex and she has to grapple with such a wide range of issues, including bullying and gender nonconformity and um, adherence or lack thereof to cultural tradition and, of course, protecting her city's clear blue skies. And I think she handles all of these issues amazingly. And then overall, though her story hasn't been released yet, um, I also love Princess Saya because she reminds me of me. But I won't reveal too much about that yet. <laughs> um, so because we, this podcast is um, geared towards teachers and um, students, what are some of the educational tools that you've created to go along with your series? Cultural diversity is a really important theme in the Guardian Princess stories. And so all of our stories come with etymology parts so that readers can enhance their knowledge of other languages and cultures and understand where, for example, some of the characters' names or the uh, place names or settings, where, what are the roots of those names and where do they come from? And the stories also come with glossaries and critical thinking discussion questions. That's great. And again, for the teachers out there, what a great way to incorporate um, a different way to teach, like um, was mentioned, marine biology or environmental issues um, to your students and get them really engaged and excited about these issues. Um, and so I guess the next follow-up question that would be then, do you work with educational partners or schools to spread the word of the Guardian Princess series? Absolutely. So we have several exciting partnerships with other amazing organizations that are also committed to educating and empowering youth. So, for example, we've done programs with the Homeschool Association of California and the Oakland Asian Cultural Center. Uh, we're also excited to soon begin programming with the Living Desert Zoo and Gardens, uh, which is in Riverside, California. Their mission is um, desert conservation through preservation, education, and appreciation. We're also partnering with Reading Partners, which is a Bay Area-based organization which provides students with individualized tutoring to foster their critical reading skills. Um, we've done a bunch of programs at independent children's bookstores, so Cellar Door Books in Riverside, California, Reach and Teach Bookstore in San Mateo, Linden Tree Books in um, Los Altos. And we also go into local schools and community centers in Riverside County and in the Bay Area to give readings. So we're always excited to partner with other organizations that share the same mission and values as the Guardian Princesses. And how would you suggest that um, teachers and students or schools in general incorporate your princesses into their teaching? I think as a first step, including the Guardian Princess books in your classroom library collection uh, and reading the stories during read-aloud time is an excellent place to start. Um, you know, you could also include the stories as part of existing curricula, such as environmental studies or language and cultural studies. So, in fact, we just finished up a campaign about Princess Tenten, which coincided with the Chinese New Year. So. The awesome thing about the Guardian Princess stories is that the themes they touch on are relevant to so many different subjects. So it's not too hard to find a way to include them in your teaching. Yes, and, you know, as you're both talking, it really seems like the issues you touch upon are really timely. Not only do they, you know, coincide with certain holidays, but also the issues around bullying and environmentalism 
um, are really prominent in the world today. And so exposing kids to those issues is really important. Yes, we think so as well. Thank you for pointing that out. So I asked my daughter what question I should ask you. So she's 10 years old, and I always like to give her an opportunity to ask my guests a question that she has on her mind. Um, And she wanted to know, who were you hoping to inspire when you wrote the series? And if you were trying to inspire imagination in young girls, or was it more broad to kids in general? We were, I think, absolutely first thinking about young girls, and that's why we named our project the Guardian Princess Alliance. But then as after we did that, we did also realize that, you know, boys also need, you know, better role models as well. So it is our future to also kind of widen our audience insofar as um, we hope to make princess print stories as well. And um, But initially, I think that we wanted to really um, provide more empowering images and kind of inspire the imagination of girls to take that old damsel in distress symbol of the princess and turn her into a superheroine. That's great. And so you talk about the images. I'm wondering how does the artistic portion of the stories play in with the educational component? For me, um, as someone who studies uh, media and social movements, I think that it's extremely important to create and visualize the kind of world we want to live in. And, And that is an exercise of the imagination, as you just asked about. And I also um, encourage my students um, to think about, you know, and visualize that um, that better world. And so, um, you know, I don't think that we need to wait or depend on corporations to dictate what we see and consume and idolize. Um, but that definitely, um, the power of the visual is is um, has ways of speaking to us in multiple dimensions. I think um, to even beyond our conscious. Um, uh, consciousness, but, you know, it, I think it reaches down to our subconscious and unconscious. So we're hoping to inspire kids with the message that, yes, we, you know, you do have the power to change the world. And um, I think it's really important to, you know, think about changing the world on that global scale, um, given the kind of uh, globalized world we live in now and making uh, making the world a better place for all human beings, not only the ones that look like us. You mentioned big corporations, so I'm wondering what you think Guardian princesses have to offer that the standard Disney-type princesses maybe do not. Yeah, so as Setsu was mentioning earlier, the traditional princess narrative really represents the princess as a damsel in distress, you know, waiting to be saved by Prince Charming. Um, And also the Disney princesses are often one-dimensional and place a lot of emphasis on physical appearance. and the effect of this is not so good. It, um, young kids, especially young girls, begin to equate their value with how they look. And so the Guardian Princesses aim to change this narrative by providing kids with culturally diverse role models who don't conform to this one idealized version of beauty. Um, we also encourage kids to cultivate their talents and leave a positive impact on the world. So the Guardian Princesses really promote collaboration, cross-cultural understanding, and healthy self-esteem by encouraging youth to think about how they can make the world a better place. So these princesses really demonstrate to all girls and boys that no dream is too big. And when you have your heart in the right place, you really, truly do 
have the power to make um, the world a better place for future generations. And in my opinion, no fairy tale could be more magical than that. I can think of no better way to end this interview than on that note. I want to thank you both for joining us. If our listeners wanted to find out more about the Guardian Princesses series, where can they go? You can always visit our website, guardianprincesses.com. And you can follow the Guardian Princesses on Facebook. We also have a Spanish-language Facebook page called Las Princesas Guardianas. And you're always welcome to email us at guardianprincesses at gmail.com. We love getting emails from our readers, and you're guaranteed to receive a personalized response. Again, I want to thank you both for joining us. It was an absolute pleasure talking with you and hearing about the series. I'm excited to continue learning more about all of your princesses. Thank you, Marianne. Thank you so much. Wonderful opportunity. You're listening to this podcast on the ESDAC Broadcasting Network. To find more information about this or other podcast shows, please visit RemarkableChatter.com.